We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the May 4th edition of the Rotowire DFS podcast for Wednesday, May 4th. As I said, a Star Wars edition. May the 4th be with you, and I will say that to my co-host today, Mr. Benny Ricciardi. Benny, may the 4th be with you, and how are you today, sir? Pretty good. I'm going to have to use that one on my son when I pick him up from school today. He'll get a kick out of that. Oh, it's a a classic. Yeah, new school Star Wars fan. The, uh, The new ones I had to go take him to go see. Well, I am both an old school and a new school Star Wars fan, so so that's good parenting by you, Benny. I, I do what I can, you know. There you go. And the new one was great, so so well done there. All right, Benny, we got a lot to get to, and uh, uh, obviously uh, the game's starting early today, so we want to get to it quickly and get this out and get this information, everyone. So I'm going to power through this uh, this full slate that we have. We have uh, looks like we have seven day games and eight night games, so a pretty even slate as far as playing the day and night, which is always nice. Um, and, and let's tear through it and then Ben will just go through and get, give our give our best plays here so uh, the, the day starts off at 1235 out in Cincinnati as Jake Peavy and the San Francisco Giants head in to take on fellow right-hander Dan Straley and the Reds uh, another 1235 start in Pittsburgh an NL Central uh, clash as the uh, John Lester and the Cubs take on Juan Nicasio and the Pirates. Then we head out to New York, uh, Benny's hometown, uh, more or less, as uh, the Braves head into New York to take on the Mets. Julius Chassin against Steven Matz. Uh, and then we get into our interleague action. Uh, uh, we've got uh, the Los Angeles Angels heading into Milwaukee as lefty Hector Santiago takes on Zachary Davies, the right-hander. Uh, the Washington Nationals head into Kansas City with Steven Strasburg against Chris Medlin, a battle of righties as well there. Seattle to, uh, uh, back to an AL-only matchup. Uh, 335 start after that 215 start in Kansas City. 
as Seattle heads to Oakland to take on the A's. A 3.35 start, King Felix against Sean Manaya, lefty there. Uh, a 3.40 start in San Diego as we get a National League matchup with the Rockies taking on the Padres. And that is going to be Tyler Chatwood against Cesar Vargas. Another battle of righties there. 3.40 start, uh, as I said, uh, was that Padres game. The last of the day slate. So the night slate begins at 6.10 uh, in Cleveland uh, with Annabelle Sanchez and the Tigers heading in to take Corey Kluber and the Indians. Yankees, Benny's Yankees head into Baltimore to take on the Orioles. CC Sabathia against Tyler Wilson. Uh, and then a 7.07 start in Toronto as the Rangers head in to take on the Blue Jays. A battle of righties there. Colby Lewis versus Aaron Sanchez. 7-10 start in Miami as the Diamondbacks head into town. Rubby De La Rosa, the right-hander against Jose Fernandez. And then a battle of lefties as we get to another interleague matchup here as the Dodgers head into Tampa. Alex Wood taking on Drew Smiley. Uh, 8 o'clock start in Chicago as Boston heads in to take on the White Sox. Clay Buckholz versus Carlos Rodon. Uh, then at 8-10, we have a, another AL matchup here with the Twins taking on the uh, Houston Astros. Phil Hughes against Mike Fires, a battle of righties there. Uh, and then we have a lefty-righty matchup as Philly's lefty Adam Morgan heads into St. Louis to take on the Cardinals and Mike Leake at 8-15 to round out the night. All right, Benny, that was a lot of talk and, and not much said, so let's jump right into it uh, as we go back to those 12.35 starts. Let's start it out in Pittsburgh as the Chicago Cubs head into town with Johnny Lesta. I told you every time I say it, I'm going to I'm gonna put that Boston affectation on because I can't help it. Uh, I'm taking on Juan Nicasio. Where are you leaning here, Benny? Now, this one's actually kind of interesting to me. I, I like Lester. He's been really good to start the year. You know, 183 ERA so far through his first four starts. He's a left-hander, and they do have some guys that hit lefties pretty well on Pittsburgh. You know, McCutcheon hits lefties pretty well, had that huge game the last time they faced a lefty when they were in uh, Coors Field. Um, Sterling Marte hits left-handed pitching pretty well, so I like both of those guys. But like I said, Lester's a pretty solid pitcher. The game is in Pittsburgh, not really a great hitter's park, so I'm kind of shying away from a lot of the bats here. Even on the other side of the game, you know, Nicasio's a guy who's been pretty good since he's come over to Pittsburgh and he seems like it seems to me and I don't know maybe you feel the same way every year Pittsburgh will take one or two of these guys that other teams kind of discard and they come over to Pittsburgh it's a good pitcher's park they got a really good pitching coach over there and it seems like they just kind of rejuvenate guys careers and so far from the start that I've seen from Nicasio I think that he might be this year's you know reclamation project the problem that I have is as we know this Chicago Cubs team has a lot of big bats on it. So, <clears throat> you know, you want to look at lefties against Nicasio. You got guys like uh, Rizzo in the middle of that lineup who's a big bat to look at. Uh, you know, Fowler, Haywood, uh, Ben Zobrist. You know, a lot of left-handed bats that they have up there towards the top of the lineup. I haven't been using too many of the guys in this game. I kind of like the pitching, and I like the fact that it's in a pitcher's park. So I'm kind of shying away from some of these bats. But if you wanted to go with some of the Chicago bats or some of these guys on Pittsburgh that hit left-handed pitching well, you know, I don't hate it as a way to, you know, kind of get some low ownership on some of these guys in the tournament. Yeah, I don't think you can ever really hate starting Cubs this year. It seems like they just are going to put up runs every single night, no matter who they're playing. Uh, but great point about Nicasio and about the Pirates in general. Ray Searidge is, is their pitching coach, and he is terrific, and, and every year just seems to take guys and 
and recreate them. I mean, you, you know, we're seeing what Edinson Volquez is doing in Kansas City right now, and you, and that goes back to working with Searage in Pittsburgh. So um, I think that's a great point. And Nicasio, a really interesting play throughout the season, is striking out over a batter per inning, walks a little high, but has looked like a different guy with him. So uh, I agree. I think it's mostly a stay away, but I, I could see throwing a couple Cubs in the lineup. The problem is they're just so expensive right now because of how much offense they've been putting up, obviously. So, I mean, you look at guys like Dexter Fowler was, was such a great play the first week and a half or two of the season. And now he's the sixth most expensive outfielder on the board, you know? So it's, um, that's where that pricing comes into play. All right, Benny, let's move on to the other 1235 start as the San Francisco Giants head into Cincinnati, take on the Reds. Uh, maybe some more batters here, uh, you would think, with Jake Peavy taking on Dan Straley. Yeah, I mean, I would love I would love to take some guys against PV here. He's been horrible to start the year. His ERA is over eight. He hasn't looked good at all. But this Reds team, I mean, I'm at a loss for words. The batting is so bad. Other than Joey Votto here, who's a left-handed bat going up against uh, PV, who we'd like to see. You know, PV was a guy who had some reverse splits last year. So I guess you can look at some of the righties. But, I mean, this team has been so bad against right-handed pitching to start the season here that... I don't think you can really stack them up and expect to get a lot of runs because they just don't score a lot of runs. It's not a very high-powered offense. So as much as I think you can target guys against PB, you know, like I said, outside of Otto, there's not too many guys jumping off the jumping off the page to me. You know, you have another left-handed bat in uh, Jay Bruce who's not bad, but you know, you know, guys like Suarez and Cozart who I think is actually hurt up at the top of the order. You know, like I said, nothing that's really exciting me there. On the other side, you got a. Uh, Straley pitching, who's basically like a reliever who they they translated into a starter because they just they don't have a lot of arms on that team right now. I think you can look at some of the left-handed bats on San Francisco against them. So guys like Span is probably in a good spot. You know, Brandon Belt probably in a good spot. Uh, you know, Posey always is in play. He hits uh, right-handed pitching well. But, you know, Cincinnati's a good hitter's ballpark. I want to take more bats from this game, but I find myself really not looking at too many of them so far. Yeah, I have kind of the same read here. I do like Vado at 3600 against PV. I think that's a nice matchup and a pretty solid price when you look at the high-end guys at first base. I think that's a decent buy, but I agree. I would want to get some guys in on Australia, especially those lefties. But, you know, uh, Brandon Bell, I like. But, again, you know, when he's the fifth most expensive first baseman on the board, it's, you know, he's, he'll be fine at 3900 but it's not necessarily the value you'd like to see in that matchup. All right, Benny, let's jump ahead here. One ten start in New York City field as the Braves head in. And I said this last week. I'll say it again. One of the funnest names to say in baseball, Julius Chassin taking on Steven Matz. What are you thinking in this one, Ben? Yeah, I mean, Matz has been okay, except for I think he had one bad start earlier in the year. So he's 3-1 and one right now, 386 ERA. You know, he's at home in City Field, really good pitcher's park. You want to take right-handed bats against him. Matz is a lefty. The only guy that kind of stands out a little bit to me on Atlanta is um, Adonis Garcia. He's really cheap. I, I don't know if he's still min-price. I didn't look today, but he's been sitting at like 2000 2100 as a third-base option on FanDuel. So he's somebody that I think you can kind of look at, you know, shading away from the guys like Freddie Freeman, the left-handed bats. And really, this Atlanta team is nothing spectacular, so there's not a lot of bats that I'd look at. Now, Chassin is somebody who has struggled with left-handed bats in his career. So you have to think that the Mets are in a pretty good spot. You got Granderson at the top of the order. You got uh, Conforto hitting third, who's been great. His price has come up, so he's no longer the 
amazing value that he had been over the first couple weeks, but I still think he's somebody in play. Um, you know, Cespedes hits really well in righty-on-righty matchups, so he's going to be in play. Lucas Duda, Neil Walker, you know, a lot of these Mets bats that you can put in there. But again, just be careful. Everybody used all these Mets bats last night because they were going up against Whistler, who was horrible against left-handed bats last year, and he wound up blanking them through nine innings. So, you know, what do we know? <laughs> well, well said. That's exactly right. This is a team that can put up 12 runs in one inning a couple of nights before and then come out and get blanked by a guy who we all know to not be very good. Uh, great point, Benny. Uh, I agree. I think I'd like some of those lower-end guys. Not lower-end, but Duda, 3,400. Granderson at 3,400. Um, Conforto, all the way up to 4,000 now. So they're, they're that and, and, and valid. I mean, he's been great. So, you know, that price should be rising. Yeah, I think he was actually 43 earlier in the week, too. So that's actually a discount from from his high. It's crazy. It's crazy. But it's good. And, and he's a good player. And I agree. I think uh, I think I like all those guys. And, and I also think Chassin, if you want to, uh, just for that exact reason you said, a guy like Matt Whistler can go out and shut him down. I mean, Chassin at 6,100, you know, a tournament player or something, you know, that could pay off pretty nicely for you. I mean, it is, it's City Field. If you look, I think last year, City Field, and it has a lot to do with the pitchers the Mets have too, but I think that batting averages and runs scored at City Field were actually lower than Petco Park, which has been historically the worst hitters park and best pitchers park in the league. So, you know, it is about as good a place as you could ask for to take a picture in. Yeah, they don't call it Metco for no reason, right, Benny? <laughs> there you go. All right, let's hop into this 140 start out in Milwaukee as the Angels take on the Brewers. Hector Santiago, a lefty, uh, had a nice start to the season so far, taking on the righty Zachary Davies. Which way you lean in here, Benny? Yeah, you know, Santiago has been really good, but Milwaukee's actually not horrible against left-handed pitching. Um, they're bad against righties because they have a whole lineup filled with right-handed bats and some big right-handed bats, too. The thing you guys want to watch for is whether or not Ryan Braun gets back into the lineup because he sat out yesterday. The lineup is much weaker without Braun in there, but they do still have some hitters. You know, guys like Luke Croy hit lefties well. Uh, Chris Carter, who who smashed two home runs last night. I think he's got like five in the last week, so he's starting to heat up. He smashes left-handed pitching pretty well. You know, Domingo Santana on top of that lineup. Uh, you know, they, they got a couple guys that you can look at here. And then on the other side, Zach Davies is not a good pitcher at all. His ERA is like eight and a half to start the year. Um, he's 0-3 right now at this point. But again, you look at the, the Angels and what bats do you really want on the Angels? I mean, for me, there's only three guys that I even really consider. You got Mike Trout, who's obviously always in play, you know, even in righty-on-righty situations, 400 Woba, almost a 300 ISO. Uh, Pujols has a little bit of power. Um, well, actually, he's got a lot of power, but his power flashes a lot better in righty-on-righty matchups, so he's in play. And then Cole Calhoun is really the only lefty that I look at. Um, I got to look because I don't have his name written down, but they've been batting they've been batting somebody up in, like, the two-hole. Uh, 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 man, either a second baseman or a shortstop that they have. Yeah, well, Simmons, Andrelton Simmons has been hitting up high, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, that they've been throwing, like, all these middle infielders up there. If you think Davies is as bad as I think Davies is and you're going to take those big bats, you know, you can look at whoever they decide to throw in the in the one and two. I mean, they had Daniel Nava hitting up. They, they've just been trying to find guys that can get on base in front of their big bats, basically. So 
whoever happens to be up at the top of that order, if you're stacking up guys because Davies is that bad and Milwaukee, you know, Miller Park is that good of a place to hit, you know, make sure you put whoever those second and shortstop guys hitting first and second are up in the order. Yeah, I mean, look, they had Yanel Escobar leading off last night and then Rafael Ortega batting in the two-hole, a.k.a. who the heck is that? So, no, I'm with you. I'm with you, Benny. I think that's a really good point, and uh, it's really a shame when you look at it because they have one of the, you know, generational, there are two generational guys in this sport, uh, and it's sad to see him spend any of his time on such a crappy team with such crappy pieces around him. I I don't have a lot to add here. I think that it's almost a a definite stay away for the pitchers. Uh, Maybe you can find some Brewers guys to throw in. And I like Cole Calhoun just because the price is 3,200. When you look at a lot of the guys at outfielder today, that that seems to be the sweet spot for some really nice values, that 3,200, 3,100 range. So uh, I like that there as well. All right, Benny, let's let's move on as we head uh, to the other generational player I was just talking about in Kansas City as one of our interleague matchups of the day as the Nationals head into Kansas City and uh, Steven Strasburg taking on Chris Medlin and of course Bryce Harper. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I mean, I love Strasburg on the mound, but this Kansas City team is kind of like they were last year. They don't strike out a lot. They put the ball in play. They force the defense to make a lot of plays. So I don't think this is the best spot to pay up for Strasburg here today, but I'm also not taking any Kansas City bats because... I mean, let's face it, this guy's been very good this year, and this looked like the Strasburg from a couple years ago, not the one from last year that was struggling, um, at least through his first couple starts this year. But like I said, this is not a good spot, so I don't think I'm taking any KC bets, but I also don't think I'm going to have a lot of shares of Strasburg as well against them. On the other side, though, with Chris Medlin pitching, you want the left-handed bets, so like you were alluding to, I mean, Bryce Harper, 475 Woba, uh, 328 ISO score against uh, right-handed pitching since the start of 2015. For those of you who don't know, that's that's really, really good. So obviously he's somebody that's going to be in play. You know, Casey's not the greatest hitter's park, but, you know, he can hit a home run out of anywhere, so I don't think it matters. The other guy that I like who's been hot to start the year is uh, Daniel Murphy, who's hitting like 375 right now to start the year. Another left-handed bat going up against the righty Medlin. Uh, hits in the five-hole. Usually gets up with some some runners on base because teams have been pitching around Harper, uh, which is actually not a bad thing because even when Harper walks, he's got speed. He's been stealing bases for you. So he's still been able to put up a solid floor, and obviously he has the home run upside if and when any team decides to actually pitch to him. So, you know, that's pretty much all I'd be looking at in this game. Yeah, Harper at 4,700, somehow the third most expensive outfielder on the board. So, you know, I think when when you were looking at pricing, what, last week he was all the way up at 5,700. And if you're talking about a week's worth of at-bats is going to drop him $1,000, I'm going to take advantage of that every single time, especially a guy like, against especially against a guy like Medlin. Uh, also, Anthony Rendon maybe heating up a little bit. 2,900, nice lefty-righty matchup there as well. All right, let's head out to Oakland for the 335 start is King Felix taking on someone much younger, a rookie, and Sean Manaya uh, and the Oakland Athletics. What do you think about this matchup, Benny? Yeah, you know, Manaya got knocked around a little bit in his first start, but this guy's a big prospect if you don't know about him. You know, he's supposed to be an absolute stud, um, you know, once he gets going and figures it out. He's a left-handed pitcher, so to me, the one guy that that points to right away is Nelson Cruz on that Seattle team. 
Cruz absolutely owned left-handed pitching last year. Had like a 400 Woba, ISO well above 300 as well. You know, had something ridiculous. I think he had like a home run every nine at-bats against left-handed pitching or some, something absolutely nuts like that last year. So anytime I see a lefty, he's always the guy that pops out to me right away. And then Felix has pitched against Oakland quite a few times before, and he's done okay against them. Uh, one guy who actually stands out, if you're a, you know, a BVP kind of guy, Stephen Vogt is 11 of 24 in lifetime against Felix Hernandez, which is some of the better numbers of anybody going up against Felix Hernandez. And 24 is a pretty significant sample size. It's not like, oh, the guy's two for four against them. You know, in 24 at-bats, he has 11 hits. That means he's batting about 450 against uh, Felix Hernandez. You know, Vogt is still pretty cheap. I think he's right around the $3,000 range today. Uh, hits fifth in that Oakland order. So if you're looking for a catcher, which is always a tough position to fill, I don't I don't mind using Steven Vogt today at the catcher position. Love that play. I was looking at the catcher position. I was just like, do I have to start one? Can I start two of another position? Because <laughs> I'm with you. It's ugly today. Uh, Manaya also, like you said, at 5,900, I mean, especially as a tournament play, it's almost like a why the heck not kind of play. I mean, that is so cheap for a guy with that kind of upside and that kind of talent. And as you mentioned, he was part of that Ben Zobras trade that, of course, you know, played a role in the Royals winning a World Series, so I don't think they feel too bad about it, but uh, certainly a very, very high-end prospect with a lot of upside for 5,900 against a team that, that has been better offensively but can be hit or miss. I, I like that play a lot, and other than vote, I, I think you stay away on both fronts because I think there are better options than Felix as the top most expensive pitcher on the board, but I also don't think you're rolling many A's out against him. All right, Benny, 340 start out in San Diego as the uh, Rockies head into town. Tyler Chatwood taking on Cesar Vargas. I'm believing it's Cesar and not Caesar, it could be either, Benny. Yeah, I don't know, however they pronounce it. Potato, <laughs> potato, potato to me. Um, let's see, let's start with Chatwood here. This San Diego team is epically bad against right-handed pitching. You know, you had, the, the thing I think people, you know, it's actually been a pretty good case study the last couple of days. John Gray is actually a good pitcher. This is a guy with a pedigree. I think he was a top five draft pick. So when Gray pitched against San Diego, it made a little bit of sense to me to take him you know, even though the numbers were horrible and all that. Yesterday, I think people tried to press their luck by taking a guy like Eddie Butler. And I think you're going to have the same problem today with a guy like Chatwood. He's somewhere in between John Gray and Eddie Butler to me. So he may wind up having a pretty decent game. Other than Brett Wallace, who's the only left-handed bat that San Diego has, they are horrendous against right-handed pitching. So I guess you can make a case for Chatwood. I don't have the stones to do it. But if some people roll them out there, I can understand why they're doing it, although I don't think it's incredibly smart. Um, no no hitters on San Diego outside of Brett Wallace, though, will be anywhere near my lineup. Uh, with Vargas, I think you you know he was good in his last start. But, I mean, I think he is a guy that you can kind of target a little bit. You're going to have a lot of left-handed bats in there for the Colorado team that I think I, I'd take a peek at. Uh, guys like Para, guys like uh, Cargo, guys like Paulson. You know, I think they're they're all guys that I think are in play and guys that I would look at. You know, Nolan Arenado, I think, is in play every game. Uh, righty on righty, he hits very well, so he might be another one to look at. Again, the game's in San Diego, though. Like I said, it's the same thing as City Field. There's a reason why guys have low ERAs that pitch for San Diego and the Mets, and it's because they have a really good home park that's really bad for hitters. So not exactly a place that I want to target a ton of bats, but a lot of those... 
Colorado bats have been pretty cheap away from Coors Field. So if you want to take a look at some of those guys, the Blackmans, the Cargos, the Paras, you know, I could see why people would want to do that. Yeah, I agree. I think this game mostly is stay away in general, but but I could totally see that. Vargas has been pretty good. Maybe a, another at 6,700 pe- pitching at home, maybe another potential tournament type of option. I don't see too many people putting him in the lineup, but, you know, close to a strikeout per inning so far and, and did look good in, in that last outing, so... Who knows? All right, Benny, before we hop into the night slate, let me remind everyone that MLB season is here, and that means that Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. If I can do it, you can do it. It is it is just so much fun. It gives you something to look forward to every day. You got a different team, different players. If you can jump on someone, you know, for a week and ride a hot streak and then jump on someone else. It's just, it's a lot of fun and you're not tied into injured players or, or a crappy season long team that you, you, you did a bad, you had a bad draft. It allows you to reset every day with something new. Join over 1 million other users who've already won money. It's never too late to join. Come play with me every day over at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use my code RWPOD to sign up now. Special offer for new users. You can get a six-month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. Again, you have to use my promo code RWPOD. That's $60 in value for just over $25, which is insane. So don't forget, again, my code RWPOD. And that's FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, Benny, let's knock out this night slate starting at 610 in Cleveland, the Cleve, as I like to call it, as uh, the Tigers and Anibal Sanchez take on Corey Kluber. Which way are you leaning in this one, Benny? You know, I like Kluber on the mound, but I'm not using him against this Detroit team. But that also means that I'm not using the Detroit team against Kluber. So I don't think he has a lights-out kind of performance. And I also don't think that Detroit lights him up for eight or nine runs. So for me, I'm kind of staying away from that whole side of the equation. Now, with Cleveland, you know, Annabelle Sanchez has not looked all that good to start this year. Has He's always had a little bit of a control issue. But this year, I feel like he's definitely having trouble finding the strike zone. He's getting himself behind a lot in counts, which means that then he has to start throwing pitches towards the fat part of the plate, and guys are kind of teeing off on him. Cleveland doesn't have a a, a stud offense. The one guy that I really do like and I'm looking at um, second base-wise is Jason Kipnis. Have no problem paying up for Kipnis today against Sanchez. You know, he hits right-handed pitching very well uh, from a left-handed bat. You could also look at uh, Francisco Lindor. I like those two guys out of the two or three holes. So they're two guys that I have a little bit of interest in. Um, but I'm kind of staying away from the Detroit bats going up against Kluber. I don't think Kluber's going to shut him down. But, you know, like I said, I also don't think they're going to light him up. So if it's going to be a whole bunch of one for threes, one for fours, um, you know, and Kluber's going to give up two or three runs and, and, you know, probably only go six or seven innings, I think I can kind of stay away from everything in that one. 
Yeah, I feel the same way, though. You know, I, I definitely agree you say your Tigers. There there just aren't enough good pitchers out there today to make it worth going up against Kluber. All right, let's uh, jump into the 7.05 start in Baltimore as the Yankees, your Yankees, and the aged CC Sabathia. I think I make that joke every time. Uh, taking on Tyler Wilson, the right-handed uh, former reliever turned starter. Which one are you thinking? Uh, which way are you leaning in this one, Ben? Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Baltimore bats as much as it pains me to say. I mean, Sabathia is basically giving us five innings a game right now, giving up nine hits, you know, nine hits and walks in those five innings, so almost two per inning, and giving up about three or four runs and finishing with three or four strikeouts and then coming out of the game and letting the bullpen take over. So last year, right-handed bats absolutely murdered him. Uh, they had a batting average over 300, something ridiculous, like 25 home runs and 115 innings of work or something like that. Uh, so there's a couple guys that I'd be looking at. Manny Machado, 395 Woba, 250 ISO. He's 9 of 30 lifetime with the home run against CC Sabathia, so he's hitting 300 against them. And that was good CC, not the you know bad CC that we've seen for the last year and a half. Um, Adam Jones, another guy. You know The numbers don't pop off the page to you, but the one number that popped off the page to me Significant sample size. He's 19 of 61 against uh, CC Sabathia over his career with four home runs. So that's something else that I really like. I think you can put Adam Jones into some lineups today. And then Mark Trumbo, who's hitting the ball really well, had a big game yesterday. You know, another guy, 5 of 16 lifetime against Sabathia. So you got three guys right there in the middle of the order that are all hitting over 300 lifetime against Sabathia with a couple home runs each. So I can't imagine this being a good start for him. And then on the other side with uh, Tyler Wilson, you know, limited innings pitched, left-handed bats have been better against him in the major leagues, but this Yankee offense just looks sick right now. So there's a whole bunch of lefties, you know, Ellsbury, Gardner. Uh, Teixeira is probably the guy who stands out the most. 385 but 315 ISO, you know, against right-handed pitching. So he's in a good spot, good hitter's ballpark. You know, Beltron's okay with a 352 Woba and, uh, you know, ISO right around 200, but... I mean, they scored one run last night against Tillman. You know, they, they've been struggling to put runs up on the board the whole month of uh, of April, basically. So, like I said, you know I'm a big Yankees fan right here, but I'm not expecting a, a ton out of this team this year. You know, I just I don't see this offense as having enough punch. Yeah, I feel the same way. I like McCann at 2,900 just based on the matchup and the dearth of catchers out there. All right, let's jump to Toronto 707 start as the Rangers and Colby Lewis take on Aaron Sanchez and the Blue Jays, another righty-righty matchup. Which way are you leaning here, Ben? Yeah, you know, Lewis has actually had some pretty good numbers lifetime against this Toronto team. Uh, left-handed bats is usually the way you want to attack Lewis, and Toronto's, you know, very right-handed for the most part. The two lefties that they have that I think might be in play, you got a guy like Michael Saunders who's pretty cheap and has been leading off, and then a guy like Justin Smoke who hit the game-winning home run in the 10th inning last night after hitting the game-tying home run in the 9th inning last night. You know, those are the two left-handed bats that they have on the team. Uh, Tulo and Batista actually have good numbers lifetime, even against righties, but those two guys have been ice cold right now. So if I was using any of the right-handed bats, it would probably be guys like Donaldson, and Encarnacion, who have been hitting a lot better. And they have good numbers against righties in their careers as well. So game in Toronto, good hitters ballpark. You know, I don't think that Kobe Lewis is going to go and shut them down. But I also don't think they're going to, you know, have a huge game out of them. Uh, Sanchez has actually been really good on the other side, except for he had one bad start this year. But the rest of it has been pretty good. 
Uh, left-handed bats are usually the way you want to go up against him, which is tough because Texas has a lot of them. You're going to see guys like Odor and Mazzara up at the top of the order, and then guys like Fielder and Moreland in the in the three and five spot. So I like the, the the guys up at the top to get on base a couple times, and I like guys like Fielder and Moreland to knock them in. So I think it's going to be a tough start for Sanchez, and I definitely look at some of these lefties on uh, on Texas. Yeah, I agree. I love E5 at 3300 I think that's a nice price there. And Sanchez at, at 7100 a, a nice play based on the upside there as well. All right, let's jump into that 7-10 start in Florida as Robbie De La Rosa takes on Jose Fernandez, a battle of right-handers. Uh, which way are you leaning in this one, Benny? Going hitters here. Uh, not really. I mean, I'm not taking anybody against Fernandez. You know, left-handed bats do better against him. He's, he's lights out to righties. You know, he's averaging 13 Ks per nine innings right now to start the season. So not really looking at any Arizona guys. I think you can go lefties against uh, De La Rosa. Last year, he let them hit 315 and gave up 20 homers in 87 innings. So guys like Dietrich taking over for D. Gordon are in play. I like Yelich as a cash game play out of the three hole. And I also like Justin Bohr. So Dietrich and Bohr have the home run upside, and, and Yelich is the cash game play. I like the lefties in this one against De La Rosa. Yeah, Yelich at 3,100 I think is just a, a terrific play in this matchup. And also on the flip side, De La Rosa has been better this year against lefties and in general, and, and him at 7,500 in that ballpark. Maybe not the worst upside play either. All right, Benny, let's jump to a 7 tenner uh, out in Tampa Bay. Uh, another nice pitcher's park. Uh, as our, I think one of our only lefty-lefty, if not only lefty-lefty matchups of the day, Alex Wood taking on Drew Smiley. Which way are you leaning? Yeah, I actually really like Smiley this year. Uh, 260 ERA, .69 whip. 41 strikeouts in 34 innings. This guy's been good. And except for the 10-run explosion they had yesterday, the Dodgers have been struggling against left-handed pitching to start the year. So I'd have no problem looking at Smiley. He's actually one of the pitchers I have on my short list, even though he is getting kind of expensive. Um, on the other side of the game, I'm not a big uh, Alex Wood fan. And the top of that Tampa Bay order is very good against left-handed pitching. You know, Logan Forsythe since the beginning of 2015 has a 425 Woba and a 314 ISO score against uh, left-handed pitching. So those are some monster elite kind of numbers, especially for a second baseman. So I definitely like him today. You know, Longoria has been hitting left-handed pitching pretty well for his whole career. 396 Woba, 235 ISO for him. And then Brandon Geyer, who usually hits in a two-hole between those guys against a lefty. I like those three guys at the top of the order for Tampa Bay, and I like Drew Smiley in this one as well. Yeah, I totally agree on the Smiley uh, call. I own him in basically every season-long league that I'm in. I love the guy. Um, and, and I also like uh, Sousa at 2,900. He's been crushing lefties both last year and this year. Uh, so I think that's kind of a nice matchup and a really nice price as well for him. All right, Benny, 8-10 start. we got three games left on the docket here. As we've, we've got the Battle of the Sox as the Red Sox take on the White Sox. Clay Buckholds taking on the young lefty Hector Rodone. Which way are you leaning in this one, Benny? You know, I'm not really looking at a lot of bats here, and it's not because the pitching's all that great. It's just the teams don't really match up well with, uh, with the pitchers that they're facing. You know, the Sox, the, uh, let me say this, the Red Sox have not hit left-handed pitching all that well this year. You know, you got guys like Xander Bogarts, who's okay, and then you go down to, like, the bottom of the order. Guys like Chris Young and, and Jackie Bradley Jr. are the only ones that hit lefties well, and none of those guys are really exciting me. And then on the other side, you know, you usually want lefties to go up against Clay Buckholz, 
The only one they really have that, you know, scares me even a little bit is Adam Eaton at the top of that order. I guess you can look at Abreu, who's a power hitter, pretty good in righty-on-righty situations. But like I said, there's not a lot of bats here at all that I'm looking at. Yeah, I feel similarly. I do like Eaton at 3400 I think that's a fine price for how he's been hitting in that matchup. Uh, and, you know, Buckholtz has been terrible against lefties so far this year, obviously. Uh, Abreu, 3600 fair price. I agree. I, I don't really love too much of this game. I, I'm mostly a stay away, both the pitchers and the hitters. But, you know, if you wanted to roll out a Mookie Betts or, a, you know, Bogarts is the most expensive shortstop on the board, so I'm not doing that. But a couple of those righty hitters in Boston, I, I could see that. But I think it's mostly a stay away. All right, Benny, 8-10 start out in Houston as Phil Hughes takes on Mike Byers in a battle of right-handers. Who do you like in this one? Hughes is an extreme fly ball pitcher, and he's playing in a home run ballpark. So I think that I I definitely like stacking up some of these Houston bats, basically the top of the order. You know, Altuve, Springer, Correa, uh, you know, Colby Rasmus, if he's hitting in the fourth hole. You know, uh, Hughes is basically equally as bad to right and left-handed batters. They both hit like 250, 260 against them, and they both have about the same amount of home runs over the course of his career. So his major problem is he gives up a lot of fly balls. So in a home run hitter's ballpark, with a team that, you know, can hit a lot of home runs, I think it could be a tough start here for Hughes. Now, on the other side, Fires has been horrible to start the year, but so has Minnesota against right-handed pitching. They got one of the highest strikeout rates in the league at around 26%. They got one of the lower batting averages. They've scored some of the least amount of runs against right-handed pitching. So Fires is actually in a pretty good spot here, although I don't think I can pull the trigger and roll him out there because... He hasn't been good. But the thing is, for fantasy, he does have strikeout upside. And this is a team that strikes out a lot. So I would not be shocked if this was, like, the best start of the entire season for Mike Fires. Great point. You know, the, like we said before, the, the Twins struck out 15 times to Tanner Roark. Uh, and, and I think I could go up and not strike out against Tanner Roark. So uh, I think that's a great point, Benny. Let's round out the night with those fighting Phillies. All they do is win. Heading into St. Louis, taking on the Cardinals. Phillies, really uh, uh, one of the stories of baseball so far, sitting at, what, 16 and 10 or something. Uh, really impressive. Who do you like in this one? Adam Morgan the lefty taking on old reliable Mike Leak, the right-hander. Yeah, I mean, nobody really stands out on this Philly team. And I know you're from Philly, right? Correct. Yeah, I mean, you you tell me if I'm wrong. It feels like everybody's contributing, which is great. That's what you want out of your baseball team. But it's not what you want out of your fantasy baseball team because we want to know that one or two guys are going to have all the production so we can put them on there. The way I feel is like this Phillies team, you look up and down the order, it's like every guy has a walk and one or two hits and one or two runs scored and one or two RBIs, which means every guy has like eight fantasy points or ten fantasy points. So there hasn't been a lot of upside out of it, but I agree. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're winning. Yeah, it's pretty wild, actually. It's mostly been the pitching, to be honest. It's been guys like Nola and Velasquez, and and the bullpen has been lights out. It's really been surprising, but I think the one guy that you like pretty much every time out there has been Odebo Herrera, 3400 a, a fair enough price for him. He's on pace to, like, 
put himself in rarefied air when it comes to walk. He's on pace for something like 150-something walks, um, something that's only been done by, like, Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, and Ted Williams, or something insane like that. Odible Herrera we're talking about. So I think you have to like him. And then uh, Michael Franco, even though he's been slumping a little bit, at 2,900, Mike Leake isn't that scary. I think that's a decent price. But, uh, but I'm with you. I think it's one of those things where the pitching is kind of throwing them on their back and it's not going to continue and this team will not stay good for long. Uh, and as a result, with Adam Morgan filling in for Charlie Morton done for the year, I like all your Cardinals. Today, Adam Morgan, not a very good pitcher. I like Almeida's Diaz at 3,100, Gritchick at 2,900, Piscotti at 3,200, Jorko, 2,200 if he's in the lineup. I mean, those are four guys right there who are insanely low priced comparatively with that matchup. So uh, I don't know. I like the Cardinals today, Benny. Yeah, no, I agree. I actually like Molina at catcher too because it's it was a tough position today, catcher, and for some reason I found myself going to him up against the lefty and Adam Morgan. So we'll see how that works out. But he's uh, you know, he he's somebody else that I would throw in that mix. I mean, Holiday, Piscotti, all those guys are I think are gonna be pretty good plays. And Benny, that'll do it for again the May the fourth be with you edition of the Rotowire DFS podcast where we cover all sports as well as pop culture with with Star Wars here. But again, uh, for my co-host, Benny Ricciardi, again, you can follow him on Twitter at BennyR11. And myself, James Seltzer, you can follow me on Twitter at JamesSeltzer975. We appreciate you listening. Benny and I will be back tomorrow with a Cinco de Mayo edition of the Rotowire DFS podcast. So get excited for that. But for now, go out today, use these plays, make some money. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.